Hi, welcome to our podcast. This is John and Monica here with Anchored in Troubled Waters. Um, the other day on the way to taking our boys to school, we uh, we oftentimes get into these um, deep conversations on the way to school. But anyway, so the topic of the other day was um, about that it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of the needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. And I was just like, that just did not make any sense to me. I'm like, we could, but it's like, I guess that it's impossible for a rich man to go to heaven. And that just didn't make any sense to me. So, of course, I'm like, what does this mean? Break it down for me. So here's John breaking it down for us. All right. Well, first of all, let's back up a little bit. Uh, sometimes the ADHD kicks in a little bit and we get a little ahead of ourselves. And before you all turn this off thinking this is going to be strictly a Bible study podcast or, or spirituality or, or anything of that nature, just let you know that that's not what this is all about. My goal is to do things different. One of the instructions God gave me is to be different. And I like to give a real life application and change the dynamic of what this means to people. We're not your typical church. We're not your typical couple. We're all about the truth. And um, so first of all, before we get started, I would like to give a little bit of a, a definition of something that's called biblical archaeology. And that's when we look at how things were when things were recorded. Now, a lot of people are going to say that, you know, that disqualifies a lot of the things we're talking about because it happened so long ago. It happened at a different time. It is a different way of life. And that may be, but it doesn't change the fact. All we have to do is, is put it into today's times. God's word is the same yesterday, today, tomorrow. And this is all, all metaphor. Jesus taught in parables. And I like to do the same thing, just use the modern day parables. So uh, the verse that she was talking about was Luke 18.25. And it says, it is easier for the camel to go through the needle's eye than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. And a lot of times through our own study and for what we've been taught, we've been taught wrong on a lot of different things. We take a lot of stuff at face value without really looking and digging a little bit deeper. So when we hear the eye of the needle, everybody pictures that needle we pull out of a haystack, that long needle with the little eye that we or like the, the one that you like sew with. Yeah, like the one you <laughs> sew with that you put the, the, the thread through. And uh, it's impossible for anything to pass through that. That even a, but we, we got to look at the specifics of what Jesus was talking about. You know, and um, so he's, he's it says a camel. He, he used that animal for a specific purpose. Everything God does has purpose. And he picks the animal. He picks the, the camel. And so... In reality, we're not talking about a sewing needle at all. Imagine, we've all seen Game of Thrones, and we've seen the, the entrance into Winterfeld, and we have those big gates. 
you know, the big gates opened up and it's big enough we can let horses walk through, we can let a catapult go through, whatever it needs to enter into the kingdom can go through the big gates. But also, when we have those gates, there's also a smaller gate, a little walkthrough gate, an individual gate that just one person can pass through. And that is called what? The needle's eye. And that's what Jesus was talking about. So imagine that you come up there on your camel. Camel was a normal way to get around. That was a, a main mode of transportation. And you pick riding up there on the saddle. And a lot of times there was a lot of cargo that went with it. And so if that animal, that camel was going to pass through this needle's eye, this small gate, let's look at what would have to take place. First of all, the rider would have to step down. He'd have to come off of it. He would have to take away all of the stuff that is on there. All of his bags, all of his things. And then that camel would have to get down on his knees and be led through. It's showing us an example of what it takes. And it's not that we can't have things. It's not that we can't be well off. It's not that we can't be rich. It's that that can't be the priorities in our life. You know, we, we struggle because of the, the curse. Man fell, we're cursed. So we go from a system where everything was provided for us. That was God's plan for us, to have everything there. He was going to be our source for everything. And then sin came along and said that you don't have enough. You don't have enough. So we're constantly in that mode of gathering. We need more money. We need more things. And as a society, we have built the idea that the more of this stuff is what makes us great. You know, in reality, we're here for just a short amount of time. This is not eternity. Eternity is in heaven. And the things that we build up here, we're all going to leave that behind. But when the time comes to follow the kingdom of heaven, to follow Jesus, it's hard to let those things go. To strip away the things that we don't need, to lay it to the side, to be able to pass through that small door. The word tells us that the path is small. It's tiny. We're used to these super highways and super speeds and be able to move a lot of people at one time. But that's not the path to heaven. And we need to be able to strip these things away so we can make it through that small path. Anything you'd like to follow up or? No, I just felt like it was very insightful and very um, educating because 
when I've heard that, I've like heard that verse, you know, throughout my childhood. And it's just like, well, that's just crazy. A rich man can't make it to heaven because it sounds impossible when you think of a needle. I never even fathomed that it was a gate. So it was just very insightful. So I, I told him, I said, we really have to get this out because how many other people are like me that have no idea? Well, you bring up a good point. And you say that's the way that you've always heard it. Because we don't take and expand on our teaching and we don't look at things. But there's one clue in all of this that tells you that, hey, something might not be right. And I don't care where you've heard it from. You may have been in church your entire life and every pastor's told you the same way. That doesn't mean they've got it right. Yes, absolutely. Because what we have to do is we have to look at the character of God. Yeah. And we know that with God, nothing is impossible. Jesus gave us the example whenever he's sitting up there on the cross. The fellow that was up there next to him, he told him, he said, this was a thief. This was a criminal. This was a person that had done bad things, but he was a believer. He knew who Jesus was. And because of that, Jesus told him, today you will be in paradise with me. Yeah, and that's the same that we can hope for. And that is a lesson we... for all of us that it is never too late. And it is, nothing is impossible because look at that. It seemed like an impossible situation. And here it is at the very last moment. A guy is only waiting to the very last moment. We never know if we're going to have that chance. But this is a guy in the very last moment that was able to seek and find redemption and was able to establish his eternity in heaven. Yeah. Well, it's like, too, a lot of times when... Uh you go to a lot of churches and I'm not going to say all churches are the same because they're not, they're totally different. But a lot of churches that I have attended are, it's like you have to dress a certain way. You have to do certain, I guess I'm going to really call it out and say rituals, <laughs> um, traditions, like the way the service is held. And I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with having structure in church, but there's also, I feel like, um, and this is my personal opinion, but I feel like a church should be more of a sanctuary for sinners than more of a gathering um, social hour. And that's just kind of where it would have seen in the past in my experiences. But uh, for our church, we, we try to do things a little different. We try to educate more. We try to, um, I guess make sure that everyone fits in. And I think that's really important because we're all a part of the kingdom of God. Fitting in um, or having a place to fit in. Yes, yes, yes. Having a place to fit in. And you know, the word tells us that we are to avoid rituals. Yes. That we are to avoid wordy, meaningless, repetitive prayers. And yes. so many times you go in, it's like, it's just checking off the boxes. We're all about learning and building a relationship with God. And you can't do that if you're constantly worried about checking off boxes. We have to do this song at this time and do this and this and this. And that's just not the way. And you talk about the, the way to, what to wear and everything on that. You know, no but, one is ever going to call me down in the street and accuse me of being a pastor because I don't look the role. 
Well, it's it's funny you say about the prayers, like the repetitive prayers, because like, um, in the past I've seen people, um, like do the whole same kind of prayer. Like when you sit down to eat, it's like, God is great. God is good. Let him thank us for our food. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's, it's very cute to teach your children that and instill a, um, I guess a routine would be, I don't really know what the word I'm looking for, but it is good to instill that in your children. But there comes to a point too, where it's like, is it so routine that you're not even, that you're just mindlessly doing it? And that's where it gets to a point where it's like, okay, why are you even doing this? Because you're just chanting words at this point. Um, where you just, it just, or prayer should come from the heart and not, and that's just how I feel, but a prayer should come from the heart. It's like you're talking to God. That's what prayer is. You're talking to him. That's a good way to look at it. If you want to test the effectiveness of your prayers, imagine if you were speaking to one of your friends the way you speak to God. Just Imagine instead of talking to God, you're talking to one of your friends. Because he is the greatest friend you'll ever have. And if you if you put it in that perspective, then you should really see and, a difference. And that's not saying that he's less than. I mean, he is great. He is the almighty. He is the most powerful. But he is also, he says over and over again that he is your friend. And that he loves you. You want to, uh, he wants to, he wants to have that communication with you. You know, God knows everything that's going on. But when we talk to him, we're getting that one-on-one communication. We're giving him the authority to move and work in our lives. So, there's just some things to to think about and uh it's not always going to be like this sometimes we're going to do some really fun stuff some really off the cuff things and just... we'd love any questions if anyone has any questions yes and uh whatever it is you know sometimes that you're you're too afraid to ask in church you're afraid to ask your pastor ask here and we're going to give you a we're going to give you scripture we're going to give you we're going to dig down deep and you might be really, really surprised at the answers that you're going to receive. There's a lot more than what you can imagine out there. Till next time.